Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for August the 16th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide that absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we absolutely still have at our fingertips? And as you know, we reject, we reject revolution we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth welcome to liberty roundtable live yes indeed ladies and gentlemen i feel like rocky i'm getting stronger yes indeed hopefully i sound a little bit better as well hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always on your radio wow the covid tried to take me out man it was brutal it almost killed me but i am a covid survivor and the best part about it all is i have natural god-given immunity how do you like them apples Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Quick recap of, yeah, um, it wasn't yesterday's show. That was the Sabbath. We take a rest every Sabbath. Uh, but on Saturday, we were indeed live. We had a doctor, I'm sorry, we had the good sheriff with us, Richard Mack, CSPOA.org. That's a partnership between citizens and local law enforcement. Sheriff Mack encourages us all to back the sheriff. CSPOA.org, an organization to get that done. Become a lifetime member today as I am one as well. CSPOA.org, that's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. We talked about no COVID-19 vaccine, no compassion for you. Oh, a brutal agenda by the, what do you want to call it, the health community? Now starting to have no compassion on folks that won't take the vaccine? What a shame. First, do no harm is their whole purpose. Most people that got into health care did so because they care about their fellow beings. But now a rift. There's a fault line everywhere, folks, and they're finding one right now over vaccinations big time. No COVID-19, no compassion for you. I pray that doesn't permeate the ranks of our healthcare care uh, people. Pray, pray, pray that we can be all on the same side here and say, you know what, I know the vaccine discussion is a very bitter pill, a very divisionary discussion, but let's have respect for one another's decisions and some people have reasons to not take the vaccines. Some people have reasons to take the vaccines. Let's have a little bit of civility and respect and appreciation for one another saying, you know what, I may not agree with your decision, but I respect your decision to be yours and yours alone. Let's have compassion everywhere we go. Please, ladies and gentlemen, please, I beg of you. We also talked about the CDC corrects COVID case count data after Florida Department of Health complains turns out they put three days of data in one day making you believe there was a big massive death spur or spree whatever you want to call it and there wasn't even close anyway the bottom line is you can't trust the data you can't trust their numbers they screw up all the time at the cdc and downstream organizations sad but reality i mean right now they want you to believe that like 30 what five million people in america have covid or have had covid but yet now they turn out and tell you that the numbers, uh, well, they're not sure which ones are flu numbers versus which one are COVID numbers. Thus, the whole, pool of, the whole pool of counting the numbers is tainted, to say the least. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis launches what he calls Monteclonal 
antibody rapid response teams. And um, I guess these, uh, I'm trying to think about how to say this, this technology called monoclonal antibody stuff, um, you know, the goal is to prevent hospital overcrowding. And I understand Ron DeSantis' agenda on this, but I really don't think it's the responsibility of the government, Ron. And, um, you know, Donald Trump got that antibody monoclonal. monoclonal, Is that how you say it? Yeah, monoclonal. Uh, Anyway, um, you know, Donald Trump got that. And I think it can help people. I really do. But I don't believe it's the only solution. Ivermectin, docilcycline together, uh, other solutions. Um, Hydroxychloroquine, MMS, I think is how you say that other treatment. The um, chlorine di- CD or whatever, chlorine dicyclate, whatever it is. Uh, there's other options, folks, out there. And what we really need to do is focus on all of them, not just ignore all them and look at vaccines and wonder why everybody's running around, ending up in the hospital. There are early interventions that can be taken. Frontline doctors and many others are speaking out about them. The problem is they're very hard to get a hold of. They're very hard to understand the protocols of what you should do and should not do. Very difficult. Trust me, I went through this for 20-plus days. I get it. Now, the CDC panel is recommending a third COVID-19 dose for the immune-compromised. Well, when you're immune-compromised, last you need is more and more and more man-made toxins injected into your veins. That's just my opinion to which I'm entitled. But if the first two aren't successful and safe and effective, then why do a third is what I would ask. And if the first two are effective and safe, as you say, then why do we need a third? Just asking. And uh, they say the average Joe doesn't need a third yet. But you will. But you will. See, when will it be a third and a fourth and a fifth? And a, when does it become a, it's not effective and it's not safe and it becomes a cash cow for the big pharma folks? And that's the real debate, isn't it? We also talked about the CDC panel recommends third COVID. Oh, we talked about that. Okay, good. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. First presidency message on COVID-19. All I can say is this, the Church of Jesus Christ has to put out whatever it feels is necessary, politically speaking, uh, but I'm not fond of or agreeing with it. I don't believe that the vaccines are safe and effective. In fact, I think the evidence points to the contrary. By the way, 27 fully vaccinated people aboard Carnival Cruise Lines tested positive for the coronavirus. So you got 27 people on board with this cruise. They all, to a man a woman, whatever you want to say, end up with this vaccine, and then they also end up with the coronavirus after the vaccine. How safe and effective is that little experiment, huh? You say, well, by and large, Sam, they're safe and effective. Uh Uh-huh. The FCC, I'm sorry, the USDA, wow. The federal, the FDA doesn't say so. The FDA says they're experimental vaccines on a trial basis. They don't say they're safe and effective. So, you know what, let's argue the truth for once, shall we? Let's tell the truth. They are not safe and effective, and they have not been proven to be so. And you say, well, Sam, there's a lot of people that have had them, and there's not that many people sick. Oh, yeah? Go look at the SARS database. There's a lot of deaths, 12,000-plus to date. And most experts are saying that data is way, 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 way underrated and represented because it's not really doctors reporting it. It's individuals who have adverse reactions. You say, well, that data is not accurate. And my response is, is it as accurate as the data where you people lie and say over 35 million people in America got the COVID, but yet you don't know which ones are flu versus which ones are 
COVID. I now have taken my own antibody test that came back negative. Taken my own um, antigen test, came back positive. Fine, do I have the COVID? Great, which COVID do I have? The original China COVID, the CCP, Communist China Party COVID? Or do I have the COVID that's the special flavor called, what, D, Delta? Yeah, which one do I have? Well, the hospital tells me they can't tell the difference. They don't even know. But then they're running around telling you that everybody's getting Delta now. 85% of the cases are Delta. How do you know that? Answer is lies. They don't know, and they're lying to you. We also talked about Twitter suspends Republican Marjorie Taylor Greene for claiming COVID-19 vaccines are failing. Wow, can she have that opinion in America, or are we just in China now? Thanks, Twitter. They shut me down over similar dishonest lies. Pentagon chief says COVID-19 vaccines will be mandatory for U.S. military by September the 15th or sooner if they get Food and Drug Administration or FDA approval. Wow, so we're just going to go ahead and force it on all the troops even if we don't have a safe and effective uh, statement. And even when you get the safe and effective statement from the the Food and Drug Administration or the FDA, do you trust those folks? I certainly do not. Shame, ladies and gentlemen, on Amy Coney Barrett. Declined to block Indiana University's vaccine mandate. Yeah, the high court. She didn't even turn it over to her colleagues to consider. She just simply jettisoned it, stood with the government, rejected it, said the mask mandate stands. Shame on her. What a disgrace for another Donald Trump appointee. That was only hour one of Liberty Roundtable Live. Hour two, we had our guest on Dr. Daniel Harmon. Well, I guess it's not doctor. It's just Daniel Harmon. He's the co-founder, and he's the CCO of Harmon Brothers. And we talked about the TuttleTwins.tv, great TV series. My kids love the Tuttle Twin books, and I can't wait to show them this cartoon series, says one family. It's imperative that parents teach the time-tested values of freedom and free markets to their children. And the Tuttle Twins Project is a great way to do that, says Senator Mike Lee. We also talked about, uh, that was an incredible uh, interview with Daniel Harmon. We also talked about drive-in movies could be here to stay. We talked about food pantries are struggling to feed those in need. Our prayers are with that and help with food, please. We also talked about uh, our guest. We had Lee Borden on, founder of Classical, Classical Conversations. Classicalconversations.com. Share the love of real education. To know God and to make him known is one of the grand keys, she says. And by the way, she talks about how you can earn your master's degree while you're homeschooling. How do you like that? So you homeschool and you get your master's at the same time. Great job. We also talked about Matt Stavers, Liberty Council's group, joined the movement to walk out and protest your place of employment or government school. Yeah, every Wednesday it's called Walk Out Wednesday, folks, to protest mandated vaccines. No one should be forced coerced, or mandated to take the jab, ladies and gentlemen. Walkoutwednesday.net to learn more about that. Wow, quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live with Lowell Nelson in seconds.
Yeah, this is David in engineering. This is your wife in suburbia. Oh, hi, hon. What's up? How's the robot coming? Well, it doesn't exactly respond to requests mm. yet, but I'm... Well, I know how frustrating that can be. You do? Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for my romantic lunch date. Oh, yeah. David. Well, I must not have enough memory uh, allocated. Uh-huh. Sorry. You know, your son said mama today. Really? Uh-huh. Well, we'll have to have that sound chip changed to Dada. Well, you could reprogram it yourself, you know. I know. Hey, why don't we do it over lunch today? Oh, you really are brilliant. Thanks. You want me to bring the robot? David. He can order pasta in 11 languages. Only if he pays for his own lunch. Okay. Oh, don't forget to bring Chip. Uh, I still wish we hadn't named him that. Well, why? It beats general default. Oh. Family. Isn't it about time? Do you know that a baby processes information three times faster than an adult? An adult what? Engineer. Engineer. Funny, funny. <laughs> I'll see you at noon. I can't wait. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, join the movement to walk out and protest. Your place of employment in your government school at noon on Wednesdays. Walkoutwednesday.net is what it's called. Basically saying, hey, you know what? I'm protesting this mandated vaccine crap. It's got to stop. All right, and whether you want vaccines or not isn't the point. You should stand with those who want choice. Uh, whether you choose the vaccine, fine, but you should still stand with those who don't want to be forced to coerced. I mean, even the federal emergency authorization law and the FDA, including the FDA fact sheets, ladies and gentlemen, state unequivocally that each person has the option to accept or refuse the shots, all right? The shots are not licensed by the FDA at all. They're under experimental release right now, okay? They're under investigative and experimental position right now. They have not been licensed by the FDA. Remember, the Nuremberg Code also states that voluntary consent is absolutely essential. Remember this reality. So whether, if you're for vaccines or not, that isn't the point. Let's stand together. Last quick point, and then Lowell. So sorry it's taken long to get to him here. We had a lot to cover since I was off the radio for literally 10 days. But we talked about Mike Lindell's cyber symposium. Sadly, it failed to produce uh, the evidence uh, proving the Chinese stole the November 3rd election. I think Mike Lindell's a great guy. I think he got snookered. Mike Lindell's own cybersecurity expert admits there's no proof 
of election fraud. <clears throat> the guy's name is Josh Merritt. Um, <clears throat> calls Lindell's data a turd. So it didn't turn out very well for Mike Lindell, sadly. Now, there are other sides to this story. The problem is I can't find anybody to tell it. Now, I have a couple of talk show hosts that I know well that I think attended. Might be able to provide us some insight, but for the most part, um, it did not go well at all. Last point, Israel reports 65% of seriously ill COVID payment or patients are currently vaccinated. Israel National News, David Cohen with the piece, 65% of seriously ill COVID patients are vaccinated. Folks, the evidence is coming in left and right, and it's very, very controversial, uh, to say the least. Without further ado, Lowell Nelson, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. Glad you're back on the air, my friend. All right. Any comment on any topic before we rock and roll? Uh, let's rock and roll, my friend. <laughs> All right. Equality in slavery is a serious, serious issue. It's not an issue that the average American is talking about right now, sadly. But it is an issue that we really need to discuss because last month the Senate Arms Services Committee literally approved an NDA provision. Tell us about it, Lowell. Yeah, and they do this when other things are occupying our time. In other words, distractions like COVID, like all of the things that are going on, and these are probably worthy of our time. But while these other big distractions are going on, sometimes they'll slip in things into legislation that they hope you won't know about, hope you won't see hope you won't hear about. This is one of those cases. <clears throat> this uh, NDAA, which is the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, acronym NDAA, uh, this provision requires um, women to register with Selective Service on their 18th birthday, just as the young men are required to do today. So they slipped this in there. This is the Senate Armed Services Committee. <clears throat> Hasn't gone to a floor vote yet. But if this bill becomes law, Sam, with this provision included, and if a military draft is reinstated, <clears throat> then guess what? Women will be forced to join the military, and America will then truly have equality in slavery. <clears throat> well, you and I both know it's immoral to force women into military service. Well, it's just equally as wrong to force men into military service. So forcing our young men and women to fight, to kill other human beings, and even die in war is one of the worst violations of individual liberty a government can commit. And so, you know, how can we support military conscription uh, while professing a belief that men are endowed with unalienable rights to life, liberty, and property? That's, that's, that's the big question, Sam. And, and the answer, the answer right. is one clear, resounding answer. It is impossible, sir. It's impossible. And yet all over the country, Sam, people profess their belief in our Declaration of Independence, the belief that we have unalienable rights from God, rights to life, liberty, and property, and yet these very same people are okay with military conscription. So my not only, question not is only this, are they okay, right? Lowell, not only are they okay with it, <clears throat> but they applaud it. They applaud it. Yeah, they applaud it. In fact, they... they um, recognize and applaud um yeah i was, was going to say they recognize and applaud you know military and that that's fine to recognize them but but too many of them revel in the destruction of human life i mean back when president kimball said uh, uh spencer w kimball talked about the 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 
the, uh, the uh, gods of steel and machinery and destruction. He was saying, we are a warlike people, and he wasn't complimenting us. He was chastising us for being a warlike people. <clears throat> we shouldn't be in favor of war. That's it. It's just plain and simple. And so we shouldn't, and, and if there's a reason to defend America, you will have thousands of people, uh, you know, running to, to arm to defend their, their, their lives, their liberty, their property, their homeland. But when you've got the type of military activity going on that's going on today, this nation building, this empire building, this hegemonic activity all over the world, uh, nobody's going to want to join the army, so they have to conscript you. They have to draft you into the military service. They so, have to force, is the word you need to use, they have to force you, Lowell, to carry yeah. out their evil bidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, force is the key word, and so if if you believe in force, I'm telling you, in our pre-mortal life, there was another gentleman there who believed in force. He wanted to come down here and force every one of us to be good, to do the right thing. <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately, our uh, elder brother, Jesus Christ, stepped forward and said, <clears throat> I'm not going to force anybody to do what's right, but I will give them the opportunity. I'll give them their agency. I'll teach them right and wrong help them to know right from wrong, and let them choose for themselves. And that's the plan we followed. So that's why we're here on earth. That's why we have this opportunity to choose evil or good. It's up to you and me, folks. It's up to you and me to decide whether to choose evil or to choose good. And we have it in spades in this provision in the NDAA. I beg of you, call your senators today. Insist that they oppose this element of the NDAA. Do not register women with the selected service, and in fact, eliminate this requirement for men. Well, let me make one more point to drive this home as blatantly as I know how. When we had the United States American Revolution, were the colonists or the freedom fighters or the Americans, whatever you want to call us at the time, uh, the Continental Army, were they under a forced military conscription program? Not a single one of them, Sam. That's no, a great sir. point. And if they were not, and we could beat the biggest army in the world because the cause was just, what makes you think we need to have a government-forced greater cause? Ladies and gentlemen, it is not sustainable. It is dishonorable. It needs to be jettisoned now, and the proof is in the pudding. When we needed the people the most, they delivered. They delivered with blood, sweat, tears, their sacred honor, their fortunes. They literally lived in the, in the elements with bloody feet and died. Disease, struggle, fight, but their cause was just and they knew it, and that was enough to bring them forward. You did not need force then, and you don't need it now. Lowell? Yeah, in fact, that reminds me, Sam, of the gentlemen at uh, Valley Forge, both uh, men and women, but mostly men. They... You and I both know, we've heard the stories that they were not clad properly. They didn't have enough clothing. They didn't have enough bedding. Some of them didn't have shoes. They were bleeding in the snow in Valley Forge. <clears throat> now, we know that story, but the part of the story we don't know, that we don't talk about nearly as much because we don't know about it, is that these men were receiving letters from their wives and children at home. And guess what? Their wives and children at home were also starving. They didn't have enough uh, clothing or bedding at their home, and they didn't have enough food 
to sustain their lives. And so some of these men, yeah, we, we hear that they deserted, right? I mean, up to five or 6,000 men left Valley Forge, left the army, and we think, wow, they were wimps. They were not wimps. They were going home to provide for their families because their families were starving. Just like they in Valley Forge were starving, Sam. And many of them, ladies and gentlemen, came back, mind you, after they tended a little bit of home fires and let their families know they loved them and they cared. There was an incredible balance led by Almighty God, not by the force of government. Let's be very clear indeed. Reject. I'm going to say it again. Reject slavery. Reject military conscription for everyone. And do it now. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. The Afghanistan provisional government has failed. At least three people were killed Monday at the Kabul airport amid Taliban takeover in the city. The Taliban overran the capital city of Kabul over the weekend as President Biden stayed on vacation. The Taliban are now the 35th largest air force in the world, thanks to U.S. assets left behind. Former Ambassador to Afghanistan Ryan Crocker on Bloomberg TV last week says the Afghan government will not survive. It is beyond disingenuous for the president to say now we've made all these inputs and that's up to them to fight for their own country. When he embraced the process uh, and he owns it lock, stock and barrel, guaranteeing that the government would probably not survive. The Taliban captured Bagram Air Base on Sunday and released thousands of prisoners, including many senior al-Qaeda operatives. The death toll from Haiti's 7.2 magnitude earthquake climbed to nearly 1,300 people on Sunday. USA Radio News. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone, and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good, and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. Official reports out of Haiti following a massive 7.2 earthquake that struck Haiti on Saturday has the death toll at nearly 1,300. John Clemens from the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. Drones flying over are being used to determine what areas are in the greatest need. We were able to get through to Cara Buck of Mercy Corps in Port-au-Prince. People are in agony. Uh, people are on the streets. So many families are without their homes. Um, you know, looking looking for help, looking for shelter. She describes the hardest-hit area in southwestern Haiti. You know, high rates of poverty as well as hunger. A lot of the um, structures are, you know, have mud walls, et cetera, so really sensitive to, to um, conditions, earthquake conditions. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm John Clemens. 
With Tropical Storm Fred gaining strength on the way to the Florida Panhandle, many schools in the area are closed Monday because of the storm. USA Radio News. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, riding shotgun today. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, and yes, indeed, thank the Lord we are live. Lord willing, we'll be live going forward every single day, telling the tale of freedom and liberty everywhere we go. Can you, subscri- can you support military conscription while professing a belief that we have rights to life, liberty, and property? The answer is not even hardly. And I don't mean to spend forever on this, but, man, Lowell brought up this topic and invoked a passion within me about this. This is critical, folks. Let's be very clear. If the American Revolution can be fought without government or military prescription, uh, conscription right then we don't need slavery in america today let's jettison it and let's do it now let's hold the moral high ground on this thing if the war or the cause is just people will flock to defend their families their homes their sacred honors their wives their children they just absolutely will and the last point i want to make about this is you know what the more unjust the war the more government or military prescription is necessary to maintain it. The more just the war, the more honorable the war, the more in self-defense, if you will, defending, as opposed to offensive war, the less you'll need conscription to make it happen. Lowell, I really want to hammer that point home because it really gauges for the American people when is a war justified and when is it not? And I'm telling you, the more they need force, the wicked, the more wicked and the less just the war will be every time. That is a great point, Sam. And there's a number of state legislatures around the country that are considering uh, an act or a bill called Defend the Guard Act. Defend the Guard Act basically is legislation which says that in our state, the National Guard, members of the National Guard, will not and may not be deployed in a foreign combat zone without a a formal declaration of war by Congress. Um, It may be in your state. If I were you, I would check with your state legislator in whatever state you live in and, and, and encourage them to support a Defend the Guard Act. What will this do? It will, it will send a, a strong signal to Congress that nobody's going to go fight their war unless they actually declare war, and it will help restore the balance of power in Congress. Right now, Congress has forfeited their ability. They have given, they've, they've delega- unlawfully delegated the authority to wage war to the president. The framers never imagined that such would ever be the case. They put that, that power, that authority, squarely in the hands of the Congress not the president, and yet the current day Congress has given away delegate, uh, given away that authority. So, if you have a, even if you don't have a Defend the Guard Act in your legislature this coming year, I mean, start talking about it now with your state legislators, and let's uh, let's 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 restore the authority back to Congress where it belongs. And if they if they get together, I don't think they have the guts to declare war, which means we won't be out there fighting the wars that are undeclared wars and we won't be losing we won't be killing other people and we won't be losing our own 
young men and women. So, parting Ladies and there, gentlemen, gentlemen, do not, do not register women with the Selective Service and eliminate this requirement for men and do it and do it now. All right. Um, the reason we talked so much about this in detail a little longer than I expected to is because, you know, with the Afghanistan's fiasco right now, 20-year war, trillions of dollars, just out of control, and now we've nothing but failed. Just goes to show you that, hey, they didn't have a draft for that one, but they easily could have. And I'm telling you, we ought not be in foreign lands fighting foreign wars that are unjust, immoral, expensive. It's just building the military-industrial complex, uh, and it's got to stop. But while that's happening, if they don't want to, uh, or if they don't get their way to create military conscription and force you into something, they'll just force you into a lockdown there. The uh, amount of force they can exhibit on people is, uh, let me count the ways, sadly. But Jeffrey Tucker breaks this one down big time. Lowell? That's a great column. Uh, Jeffrey Tucker puts forth the idea that um, an ideology, a political ideology, really has three elements. Now, I've I've never really (laughs) thought about ideology in these in this context, but but as I thought about it, as I read the column, it really made a lot of sense, so I thought it'd be worth talking about. The three elements of any political ideology is basically a hell, a heaven, and a transition from getting from hell to heaven. Or put another way, you have an enemy, then you have nirvana, a perfect world, basically, and you have a plan for transitioning from one to the other. And the means of transition usually involves the takeover and deployment of the society's most powerful tool, which is the state. So think about the political ideology of of, um, of uh, communism, for example. Uh, what is the enemy of communism? Well, it's capitalism. Well, and so that's the hell, right? That's what communists believe, that capitalism is a hell, or it's an enemy. And so what is the heaven to a communist? Well, that would be worker control and the end of private property. They don't believe in private property. They want to abolish it. So heaven to them, heaven to a communist, is the abolition of private property. How do they get there? How do you get from capitalism to the abolition of private property? Well, you get there using the force or the power of the state, and, and you violently expropriate property, pro- private property. You actually, the state takes it away from all the private property owners and makes it common. That's, that's the transition plan. Okay, so that's communism. Let's take racism as another example of a political ideology. What is the enemy? The enemy is mixing of the races, right? Miscegenation. What is the heaven? Well, that would be racial homogeneity or purity, right? Kind of what Hitler wanted to do with the Aryan nation, right? He wanted, he didn't want, he didn't want the sick and the infirm, the mentally ill. He didn't want the Negroes. He didn't want the Jews. He just wanted Aryan pure race he was one of the biggest racists of our of our time huge racist and so to him heaven was racial purity and what was the transition plan well it was to marginalize the sick the infirm the mentally ill the jews and the negroes and then to kill them off so he spent years laying the groundwork for this laying the groundwork to marginalize the jews and the negroes and the sick and so forth and then he was able to kill them off, and he engaged his whole population in that effort because he was marginalized them first. So those are the two examples, uh, Sam, of, about a political ideology. They always trend totalitarian. 
right? They trend to use totalitarianism to achieve this transition from hell to heaven. And, um, and so before uh, taking on lockdownism as the next, trans, as the next uh, political ideology to discuss this morning, Sam, do you want to make a comment or any observations or your, any insights on this idea that a political ideology has these three elements? Yeah, I do. You know, and every one of them has this force element in it. It's just government is used, or the state, or whatever you want to call it, is used as the agent of force. But in every one of these examples that you give, force is at the helm. Now, the only contradiction to that would be, hey, the real comparison of hell versus heaven, and God Almighty Mm -hmm. allowing us to use our agency to choose heaven over hell, to choose Christ over Satan to decide to use our agency wisely. And I would say that's a liberty ideology. It has no force element to it. It has a desire by patience and kindness and long suffering and, uh, and, and leadership and guidance and love and, and charity and all these words that, that relate to the Savior's Prince of Peace model that he set forth for us. Uh, and so there is a contradiction to all the points made, uh, but, but it's only one that I know of, and it has its origins in God, family, and country has its origins in life, liberty, and property, has its origins in a political viewpoint. I wouldn't call it an ideology, per se. I would merely call it God's plan for the happiness of his children. And that stands in contrast to the uh, elements that government or man might put in place. Uh, the difference between God and man is obvious, obviously, but the, the point that I'm getting at is every other element in all these other plans, the force is the construct of change, of, of delivering, if you will, Whereas in the plan of God, force is not the element of change. Choice and agency and willingness to obey uh, by one's own dictate of their own conscience. And these things are fundamentally different from man-made edicts and man-made ideologies uh, that would use force as their element. Those would be my comments, Lowell. Oh, I love that, Sam. Great point. In fact, it reminds me of President Benson said about, uh, or Ezra Taft Benson said about, you know, that Christ, changes men's hearts he changes men from within whereas society would change the the surroundings of men he would move them you know from the slums to to the government housing for example but god would change the hearts of men and then men would change their own environment um, so it's choice it's a god it is agency and it's following the prince of agency. peace ladies and gentlemen lowell nelson with us campaign for liberty.org i want to talk about the origins of Lockdown, the ideology of lockdowns and where their goals are. I mean, this is one right before our very eyes. It's not abstract. It's real in your face every day now. And this is Liberty Roundtable Live to take it on on your radio. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. 
American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Ladies and gentlemen, the latest forced government regime agenda backed by people everywhere who do not love the sacred cause of liberty is lockdowns. They want to lock you down everywhere, baby. Yeah, it is out of control. And the new term for it is lockdownism, lol. <laughs> it's a great term, lockdownism. So here's the political ideology. Uh, here's the three components. You've got an enemy, you've got a... Uh, uh, heaven and a transition plan from one to the other. What's the enemy? The enemy is the pathogens red, running freely and infecting people with disease. I mean, that's, that's the virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus. That's the enemy. What is the heaven, the nirvana? Well, that's a society managed by medical technocrats whose main job is the suppression of disease, right? This is very plain right before us, from, ladies and gentlemen easy to see. Well, what's the transition plan to, to get out of the hell of pathogens into the heaven of, uh, of, of life without disease, right? That's what they're looking for, life without disease. Well, the transition plan is government-forced mandates to mask, mandates to get the vaccine, antisocial behavior, physical distancing, all of these things. That's the transition plan. And we've had it laid out before for 18 months, and we're Still in the thick of it right today. This is this is they're not interested in your health. Let's get that straight. Those guys are interested in controlling you. They want you to be subject to them. It's an issue of control. They it's a it's a medical tyranny. It's tyranny on steroids is what it is. A political ideology to take you from the from what they're calling the the the, the hell of pathogens to the nirvana of, of life without disease, and they want to get you there by forcing you into antisocial behavior, into taking a jab, into masking and all sorts of things, right? So that the big lie in this whole thing is this idea that you can avoid the virus, right? If you do the things government tells you, then you're going to avoid getting sick and dying, right? The problem is, Sam, if you do the things that government wants to mandate, then you really have no life at all. What the, the quality of life, if you can't go to sporting events, Broadway musicals, movies, 
uh, travel around the country freely, around the globe, then life isn't the same anymore. And, and, and so the quality of life uh, just goes, goes, goes down. In fact, this ideology says that the more fun you have, the more disease you will spread. That's the ideology they're promoting right now, Sam, that they're promulgating. But what does God say? He says men are that they might have joy. That's the purpose of life. And so, yeah, life comes with its risks. Yeah, we might die. We might die on the highways. In fact, there's more highway fatalities than there are COVID deaths, even with the stacked numbers that they stack up for COVID. You know, if you get killed on a, in, a, in a motorcycle accident, they say it was a COVID death, right? So even though they're stacking the numbers, still highway deaths outnumber COVID deaths. Are we shutting down the freeways because, because they want to stop you from dying? No, they're not doing that. They don't care about your health. They don't care whether you live or die. They just want control, and they want to sap every ounce of joy from your life and make it very boring. They want to give you a, you know, a biological life, but not a real joyful life. So that's lockdownism. It has all the expected elements. It has this maniacal focus on, 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 on pathogens, uh, and it excludes every other concern. The, the least of their concerns is human liberty. They don't care about freedom of association. They don't care about property rights. All of those are subordinated to this technocratic discipline that the disease mitigators are trying to force upon us, Sam. So, I mean, that's the main point of this column. The, 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 the lockdownism is the new political ideology, and they're using it as a tool of tyranny to enforce their control over you and me, Sam. And boy, doesn't it have the element of force written all over it. Usually the element of force is quite hidden in a lot of these agendas, meaning that, you know, they could say, well, with communism or socialism or some of these other ideologies, you know, we're ambivalent. We're just the good guys. You don't like our methods, but you know what? We're not really harsh. We're good guys. We just, we want everybody to have things. We want to, we care. We, and, and, but when you comes to the lockdownism plan, there is none of that element. They're in your face. In the medical industry now, hey, no vaccine, no compassion. Uh, if you're walking into a store and you don't have a mask, they'll literally kick you out or assault you, or the cops will come. or whatever. This force is in your face like you've never seen before with a lot of the previous ideologies. They're going for broke. Brian McGlinchey writes an incredible article that backs this up quite well. Lockdowns, masks, and the illusion of control, lol. I love the example that he put in his column right up front. He talked about... The 11th century King Canute. Now, I'd never, heard, I'd never heard about King Canute, but this is really worth knowing. At the peak of his power, this King Canute, uh, the King of England, by the way, in the early part of the 11th century, he set out to demonstrate to his spawning courtiers the limited power of royal edicts. <laughs> this is a great story. He, uh, we don't know if it's true or not. It may be a myth, but here's the story. He asked his throne to be placed at the edge of the ocean and he sat down in his throne and he commanded the tide to stop rising <laughs> right now when the water began washing over his feet he then declared this he said this quote let all the world know that the power of kings is empty and worthless and there is no king worthy of the name save him by whose will heaven and earth and sea 
Obey eternal laws. End of quotes. Sounds like a humble man to me, Sam, not an arrogant one. And yet his statement, that which springs from his humility, is very different from the hubris of the present-day ruling class. Big Pharma would have you to believe that they can prevent the tide from rising, that they can prevent your catching the virus or your exposure to the virus. Well, Sam, they will be just as effective as old King Canute because that virus is endemic now. It's not pandemic, it's endemic. It's everywhere. There's no way around it. You can look at graphs of the rising case counts in Japan. The country, probably the model country in all the world of masking compliance, 98% compliance to the masking mandates in Japan. And yet their case counts are skyrocketing just like I mean, worse than everywhere else. It's amazing, Sam. Masking does not work, regardless of what the technocrats, the big pharma will tell you. Sam? There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The totalitarian ideology of lockdowns and lockdowns, masks, and the illusions of control. They don't have control, ladies and gentlemen. The only control they have is the control that we let them have. But they might have control over your heart and your mind and your agency, your choices, by propaganda and by force of law. But be very clear about this, ladies and gentlemen. They don't have control of the virus. There's only one person who has control of this virus, and that's God Almighty. And if we literally appeal to the Bible and we turn to God and repent as a people, and individually, families, etc., then you know what? We can have God protect us and heal our land. Think about those phrases, protect us and heal our land. It's in the Bible. And it is one of the great solutions. If you want to take back control, that's how you do it. You don't rely on the arm of flesh and the force of lockdowns. You rely on God Almighty and his promises, which are sure. Let me make that clear, which are sure. There are serpents among us, though. Alan Stepo writes an incredible article making this point, Lowell. Yeah, he echoes what you've been saying for years, Sam, and that is we must return to God like you were just saying. He writes that there are those among us serpents, basically, who want to demoralize us, they want to ruin us, they want to destroy us, and I agree with them. I think their God is the adversary. He says this, quote, your child they would mask and enslave, pump with chemicals and enfeeble. Your home they would monitor and invade, leaving no moments of solace, no place to call your own to do with as you see fit. Your marriage they would attack from 40 different directions. Your land they would deny life giving water. They would number and tax the rain and collect that which fell. They would prevent you from using your own seed in your garden. They would sow your land with salt, if they could, knowing that in a century it would be theirs or in the hands of others like them. They would fill your air with poisons meant to confuse and words meant to do the same. End of quote. That, that really paints I think a pretty accurate picture of what the powers that be want uh, this life to become for us, the common man. Their goal is to rob us of our morality, of our wisdom and our understanding, the very things that will enable us to persevere through the difficult times ahead. But the great thing, writes Stevo, is that there is an antidote among us. Quote, the antidote to demoralization is moralization. <laughs> to make yourself as decent and as upright as quickly and as thoroughly as you can, end of quote. 
that's the path that you've been encouraging us to tread for years, Sam. Return to God. Obey his commandments. Repent. So Steve continues writing, says, there is a way out of this. It begins in your life. It begins in your home. It begins on your land. It begins in your family. It begins with you. He says, separate yourself from all that demoralizes you. Unite yourself with all that moralizes. Be Be bold. Seek wisdom. Make the goal of your life to live each moment more upright, more diligent than the last. You are promised nothing but this moment, end of quote. So, so basically, Sam, he encourages, us, he encourages us to make good decisions, the thing he calls the most excellent decision, <laughs> with each moment that we have. One good decision followed by another will amount to something great in our lives, in the lives of our family, and therefore communities and country. That's and Lola, I usually have something to add. I usually have something to add to what people say oftentimes to provide clarity and context and anything else. That's so well said. I have nothing to add except for I agree a thousand percent. (laughs) Me too, Sam. So last point, I have a friend named Ron. He suggested the addition of the words attempted vaccination to the statutory legal defense against the charge of manslaughter or murder. In other words, if someone comes into your home and attempts to force you to take the jab, and you defend yourself by killing the government agent, you should not be guilty of manslaughter. Well, it sounded pretty harsh, but it sounded reasonable to me. And then last week, another friend, Bob, suggested that we not provide a pretext for excessive force, but he said what we really need is a prohibition on government to require vaccination as a condition of anything. And so he was saying, well, let's make vaccination status, add that to the list of protected classes. You know, the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects certain classes like race, color, and creed. What about vaccination status? What if governments, what if businesses couldn't discriminate on the basis of vaccination status? What do you think, Sam? I think whenever you give government power to make statements like that, you regret it. I think we have God-given inalienable rights to our bodies, and government ought not touch it. And if we can't hold the line from a liberty point of view, we'll never hold the line no matter what law we put in place, sir. It's kind of like another law to balance the budget or another law to make sure I can keep my guns or another law to... Those laws don't help, ladies and gentlemen. If the people are educated and moral and insist on liberty, then we have it. And if they don't, we lose it. And it's that simple of a proposition, in my humble opinion. I agree, my friend. Thank you so much for letting me talk this morning. Lowell Nelson, always doing a phenomenal job. CampaignForLiberty.org. Sam and Lowell, God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news: the networks refuse to use. No doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for August the sixteenth in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-one. This is our two of two in our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, 
We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Dr. Scott Bradley is with me. His collegiate series and lifelong goal to match to preserve the nation. His website to learn more, freedomsrisingsun.com. Incredible weekly webinar videos and a whole lot more available there always. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. Hope you had a delightful well, weekend. Well, I don't know as I had a delightful weekend. I mean, uh, I don't want to sound like Eeyore out of uh, the... Uh, little children's book but sometimes it seems like there's a there's a lot of things going on that just demand so much of your energy and time and in addition to that we got the smoky air here in our area and it causes me to cough we've talked about this before so you know if i do have to blank out for a moment or two occasionally it's because of the crappy air that we're breathing everything's on fire not in my neighborhood by the way but uh but uh anyway yeah there's uh well, the when it comes to a, a when it comes one. to a destroy liberty fire, buddy, it's in your neighborhood just like everybody else's. You got that for sure, buddy. Man alive. All right, so I want to talk about the fires a little bit in detail. Thanks for that incredible segue. Hey, wait. Forest <laughs> service in crisis mode says the headline. Forest service in crisis mode. On Friday, the U.S. Forest Service told the Associated Press that they are in crisis mode with twenty-one thousand. Federal firefighters working to contain fires across 14 states. They say across the region, roughly double the amount of fires they fought a year ago. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. They say double the number who fought fires the same time last year ago. The agency says roughly 100 large fires currently burn across 14 states. And uh, they say that's in the United States now, in the Western states and Western Canada, experiencing a similar reality check. According to the Forest Service, for example, they call it the Dixie Fire. How you get Dixie in California is beyond me. But the Dixie Fire, they say, in Northern California, which began a month ago, has already burned an area larger. I don't even understand this. They say already larger than eight. 100 square miles. I don't know that I can even comprehend that kind of a fire, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but that's what we're facing. It's not getting any better. They say this fire, this um, California um, Dixie fire is only 31% contained, so it's going to go on for a long time. They say for Utah, smoke forecast is going to hit us this weekend, but it shouldn't stay very long. I pray that it doesn't stay very long. But here's my whole premise on this, Dr. Bradley. I get that there's out-of-control fires. They want you to believe it's global warming that causes it, the fact that you burp and live and exist, and you're at fault, and so am I, and, and therefore there's you no... Know, but I hear a few things that, that concern me greatly. There's no controlled burns anymore. There's no effort to manage the lands that God Almighty gave us. He told us to be good stewards thereof. There's no effort to do that that I can really see, at least on a large scale. The more liberal of the area, the less they're willing to even discuss such uh, appropriate measures but then more importantly though i hear about disaster everywhere from covid to climate change to fires to hurricanes 
to tornadoes, to disasters, to earthquakes, to I can go on and on, but I hear nothing about God, nothing. And I'm telling you, if we don't point ourselves in the right direction, sir, we are in trouble. Fires everywhere, sir, and not a hope for help, they claim. You know, you've opened a lot of tabs, if you will, in the memory banks. And uh, I, there's a lot of things I think we need to talk about. Don't get me started too much on the fires. But you know what? I do have some opinions. I have some background. I have some experience in it. And uh, But since you mentioned God at the very end, I'll start with that one. You might remember back in Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, you might not remember. I don't know. It's, it's first and Second Chronicles in the Jewish, uh, you know, uh, tradition, if you will, are, are one book. But they basically start the creation and go up to the uh, announcement by Darius to set the Jews free. They're a very much a, a uh, synopsis, very brief, and uh, they, they largely focus on ecclesiastical and religious things, although there's some secular things thrown in there too. But but they have a it's a very concise review of issues. And if if you look at the very end of Second Chronicles, you'll find out that the idea that the uh, earth had not had its Sabbath days because the people were uh, unwilling to obey, honor, and keep the Sabbath day, that that is why the Jews were taken into captive. But that's not the focus of this particular scripture in, in the seventh chapter of Second Chronicles. If you go to verse 14, Solomon had, had received understanding from heaven during the night. And, and here's the, the gist of it. I'm going to just hit verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will first forgive their sin and will heal their land. That came to mind when you started talking about, um, you know, at the very end of, of your review of these, these ointed offals that are happening, and, and I think that anciently and throughout all history, we, we can go back to this truism that our attitude of gratitude and our focus on God, our obedience to his uh, commandments is, is the key. And, and he says in this, we'll heal their land. People ought to go back and review Second Chron- well, First and Second Chronicles because they do go together in Jewish uh, literature. By the way, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah are good follow-ons for that, and, and they follow right in, in uh, sequence in the Bible. But at any rate, I, I think sometimes uh, a review, a synopsis review, is a good thing to see. How a people from creation down through captivity and then release by the decree of Darius. I mean, it's just a few pages of reading. It's not horribly long. And it, it's probably worth reading. But anyway, let's go back to the fires for just a minute. Um, some years ago, I did wildland firefighting. And um, so I have a little hands-on experience, not as much as many that are much more, well, that's my whole life. I'm not good at anything, but I, I have tried my hand at a bunch of things. But at any rate, uh, the wildland firefighting issue, I believe, has gotten worse and worse and worse because of government mismanagement, largely. I mean, yes, we have dry spells and all that kind of stuff. But at no time, at any circumstance, can we justify the United States government owning one-third of the land mass of the United States. And that's what's happened with the uh, uh, federal usurpation of uh, of lands. I mean, if you look at Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, you'll see that really and truly 
the limited amount of, of land that the general government is supposed to hold, and they can't possibly manage it well. And under their tutelage and their divine rights, if you would think of it that way, they have mismanaged this into the ground, and we are reaping the whirlwind. And California, by the way, is kind of that on steroids because California has adopted a, uh, a policy, and the way they've also uh, handled their industry things, I mean, their, their power company, the way they're handling their power company, the way they're handling their uh, lands is kind of like a perfect storm. This Dixie Fire, I think, is probably an example of that. Every year we hear about Californians being burned to the ground everywhere. And, of course, California turning their back on God and all that kind of stuff. It's a perfect storm there. It just is. I'm telling you. But um, but uh, there's it's government involvement in almost everything. And, uh, and, and, and you know, there's an old saying that was uh, said back in New York in 1866, uh, a, a judge there, Gideon John Taylor, said this. He said, no man's life, liberty, or property are safe while the legislature is in session. Now, uh, that, that goes, I believe, I, I believe that applies to both the general legislature at the head of the government, if you will, and our state legislatures. And California has just boogered up everything they've touched, and so is our national legislature. So... I think our our woes can be tried back to a lot of the things you've you've uh, mentioned. I think there are ways to manage land. Generally, private ownership, the people take not only pride of ownership, but they take stewardship. That's part of ownership of anything. I mean, if you're in a marriage, uh, you have stewardship. You have a responsibility to make the marriage work. If you're a father, your husband. If you're a boss, if you're an employee, you have a job. And there's stewardship in that. And stewardship is, is a responsibility to do the best that can be done with that to the best of your ability. And the general government just has done a really, really, really bad job on the wildland management thing, as well as, in general, the lands that they're operating uh, unconstitutionally, constantly, everywhere they look. So... Yeah, don't get me started, Sam. I got something to say about this if you're really interested. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. It's very clear, though. I want to make this. When the Forest Service is in crisis mode, your government's in crisis mode. Maybe we ought to turn to God. Maybe we ought to turn to we the people for solutions rather than the folks in crisis mode. Why are we doubling down and letting them handle it? There are better ways, ladies and gentlemen. When are we going to be acquainted with these things and insist on their implementation, huh? Until then, just expect more smoke, baby. Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman in seconds. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store. 
just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to trigger Dr. Scott Bradley, go ahead and talk about unjust, unconstitutional, immoral war. Got to do it right now. What a shame, ladies and gentlemen. Biden remains silent as Taliban swarms Kabul. What a shame this uh, story really is, ladies and gentlemen. This is sad, sad, sad. The Taliban enters presidential palace, declares victory. As Afghan flees, the epic times of that piece. Wow, you look at this thing and you go, man, both presidents from both sides of the aisles. Well, I should say several presidents, but all of them have been aboard for this. None of them, none of them have had the integrity to get us out of this mess. Uh, I don't have a problem with getting out of it. The problem I have is with the 20 years in it, the way we're uh, backing out of it now. Uh, and the fiasco and the promises broken and the and the money spent and the I mean it can go on and on and on and on, but ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear about this: America's chaotic exit is Biden's big defeat, USA Today. Uh, but all I can tell you is when I look at this thing, I say you can't just hand it all to Biden. You got to hand it to administrations through and through for decades. Is the reality, ladies and gentlemen. And we should have never, ever, ever embarked on such an immoral, psychotic, satanic war in the first place. Doctor. (laughs) What a lead in. I mean, there's plenty to talk about on this thing. I think the parallels between the fall of Saigon at the end of April in 1975 can be drawn here very easily. Of course, the the Paris Accords that uh, supposedly ended the Vietnam thing with our involvement signed in January of 73. If you haven't read a book, well, I don't know if I can recommend the book. Uh, it's, it is just an, it's an, an excruciatingly analytical view written by a CIA analyst that spent much of uh, the whole war of the U.S. involvement there. Frank Schnapp was his name. The book is called A Decent Interval. And uh, the title comes from uh, the fact that uh, in January of 73, Kissinger signed an agreement with the North Vietnamese that basically said, look, we know you're going to take over Southeast Asia, so just give a little decent interval before you do it so it doesn't look like the United States created a vacuum that caused you to run in and do this kind of thing. So by, the well, and when the North Vietnamese, they kind of laid back for a while, and then finally 
they launched uh, a, an initiative to go south, and everything crumbled almost instantly. I mean, they, it was like people left their shoes and socks on the road to get out of there. They were running so fast. And, uh, and by the 30th of April, Saigon had fallen, and uh, the fiasco, we could talk for hours about that. But the fact of the matter is a, uh, a similar type thing has occurred in, in Afghanistan. And again, you, you speak truth when you say that it, was, it should never have been embarked upon. I've spoken against this uh, from the very beginning. In fact, I spoke against, well, every time we have one of these unconstitutional wars, I speak against them, whether you go back and, well, how far back you want to go. Uh, I have been on record uh, about the reasons why the deliberative process is outlined in the Constitution and why the powers lay where they lay and so on. But what happened in going into Afghanistan, as you point out, things that occurred and the fiasco as we come out, uh, it is very, very, very parallel to what happened in Southeast Asia in 1975. If, if I haven't said 75 throughout this, I've been, I've been misspeaking. But at any rate, the point of the matter is that uh, we've got bad foreign policy. It doesn't follow the Constitution. And whole countries are d disasterized by it. By the way, when my youngest brother was in Afghanistan, he was at some forward operating bases, you know, a half a mile off of pa Pakistan. I mean, it was very forward, daily rocket attacks and all that kind of stuff. He used to send me images that he had, pictures he had taken. And uh, I remember uh, some uh, Afghans sitting outside the wire. Um, and, and he just had the picture labeled Taliban. And you know what? The, the people may have been farm workers. They may have been regular villagers. They may have been uh, someone that were even contractors uh, to the United States. I mean, it could have been any number of things. But uh, truth be known, the Taliban has never left Afghanistan. And, and if you talk to the common folk, they would in one way or another, say we're all Taliban. It is their choice to be the belief system that they are. And the United States' involvement, the, the trillions of dollars we've spent, the thousands of lives we've expended, the intervening unconstitutionally, the, which has damaged the country morally in every other way, um, could not change the fact that, that the people are going to go where they're going to go. And that's kind of what happened in Southeast Asia, too. I'm not saying everybody was a communist, but uh, the United States did not teach correct principles there or in Afghanistan. And I'll just use an example, something that's related, but it's not exactly. It's the uh, Iraqi war. That's the last constitution the United States has assisted a country in writing when, when uh, the Iraq constitution was rewritten. That constitution, as soon as it was written, I got a couple of copies. I don't speak Arabic, and so I couldn't read it myself, but I got a couple of different translations of it and carefully reviewed it. It is a Soviet-style constitution. It is not a limited government, checks and balances, delegation of power, you know, enumeration of powers, all those kinds of things. There's none of that. God-given rights, none of that is in the, in the Iraqi constitution. It's a Soviet-style constitution. Right to keep bare arms? Forget it. Only if you're in the government. The right of freedom of speech? Oh, yeah, you got that as limited by law. What kind of a God-given right is that? That's where we're going in America today. 
So America has not been the shining light on the hill in any of these things we have done. And we've tried to shoehorn them for a lot of different reasons, including money for the military-industrial complex and for increasing the size of government here at home and, and the idea of subverting constitutional rule. All those kinds of things have been at play. But yes, indeed, Afghanistan is a disaster. And what Joe Biden did was a precipitous thing that could have been done without absolutely causing a, a, a collapse. I mean, Henry Kissinger at least tried to ask for a decent interval between the time they pulled out. We haven't even all the way pulled out. Biden has sent in another 5,000 troops to try and get our people extracted with as few lives lost as possible. I mean, it was a total debacle in the way the, the thing was logistically carried out. And I'm just appalled, shocked, and chagrined at, at what uh, American foreign policy has fallen to. And we could go back and talk about, you know, the founder's policy and how it evolved and how it was applied. But, but we've abandoned it completely in America. Now, do I have an opinion about this? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> but, Dr. Bradley, I want to highlight this really important <clears throat> point about this. You know, we want to basically hand this to Biden. What they love doing is handing this to the Democrats or handing this to the Republicans or whoever, you know, makes the latest misstep that gets them in a bind. But the truth is that we've been steadily pursuing this kind of, uh, in my opinion, immoral, satanic, <clears throat> straight from the pit of hell agenda of unprovoked, immoral war. Uh, we've done so uh, at, at tremendous moral hazard, tremendous, um, in my opinion, uh, repercussions from God will be the results, if not already, will be continuing as nations are judged immediately. This is a critical thing to understand, and you can't just point at Biden. you got to point at Bush and Biden and Trump and Obama and everybody along the way. This military-industrial complex, this immoral war mentality is pervasive on both sides. Now, you, you hear that the Democrats are less for war and the you know Republicans are more hawkish and this and this and this. You hear all the garbage, but at the end of the day... Is the right hand and the left hand in immoral war promoting everywhere? And we've done it literally for generations. We've become a warlike people to the point where uh, it's it's almost impossible to even hint at saying, oh, man, we should back away from war. Or else they say you're weak or you're an enemy or you're this or you're that or you're soft. or you're And, and the immorality is just pervasive on all sides. And we can't let just one person like a a whacked-out Joe that can't even think for himself, take the heat for all this. We've got to be honest and open and candid about what we've done for decades as a whole government, as a people, globally speaking. We're in over 130-plus nations, militarily speaking, uh, as we speak right now, or militarily, as we speak right now. This is nothing new. This is nothing uh, that you can just blame in a little individual or a certain president or a certain party or a... This is pervasive everywhere, and I'm telling you, if we want God's protections and God's love and God's safety, uh, we have got to jettison this narrative. Well, there's no question, and we, you talk about the universal nature of it. Uh, I think back into September 2012 when the United States Senate had a Senate Joint Resolution 41, which sticks my mind as being the resolution, in which the Senate sought to delegate to Obama authority to begin a war with the Iraq, excuse me, Iran, and it passed 90 to 1 because the senators are such warmongering bastards. And I'm sorry for that, but they, they, they have lost their integrity. They don't look to their father who they should look to. So they anyway, have betrayed maybe 
They have betrayed us all on the altar of the military-industrial complex and pro-war and immorality, that's for sure. Dr. Bradley and Sam Bushman continue in seconds. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Taliban leaders declared Monday the war is over after taking control of Afghanistan. President Biden remained on vacation. Speaker Nancy Pelosi issued a statement on Saturday, quote, the president is to be commended for the clarity of purpose of his statement on Afghanistan and the actions he has taken, end quote. Looking like the Vietnam withdrawal of 1975, a handful of people have been killed Monday at the airport trying to escape Afghanistan. The Biden administration says the intelligence community is to blame. Democrat representative from California, Jackie Speer, on CNN. This is a crisis of untold proportions. This is an intelligence failure. Uh, We underestimated the Taliban and overestimated the resolve of the Afghan army. The Taliban captured Bagram Air Base on Sunday and released thousands of prisoners, including many senior al-Qaeda operatives. USA Radio News. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! (laughs) I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Let's get a COVID-19 update with Dan Rocky. The spread of the Delta variant has led to a rise in COVID cases in the U.S., The country is averaging about 129,000 new cases per day over the last seven days. Dr. Michael Osterholm believes the current pace could be sustained for at least another month. The director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy tells NBC News how the current uptick is spreading from its beginnings in the South. We're now seeing in the southeast, Georgia, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, southern Illinois all start to take off. We're seeing in the northwest in states like Oregon and uh, Washington. Uh, We're even seeing in the Midwest increases. So even if this uh, increase that we're seeing in the southern Sunbelt states, which has been dramatic, we're at 83,000 hospitalizations today. A month ago, we were uh, at about 25,000. So it gives you a sense of what's happened just in the last month. And if these other states take off, then I think the surge could sustain itself for uh, at least another four to six weeks. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Sadly, ladies and gentlemen, we could talk about any of these topics for hours. I say sadly because, man, we should have a moral compass in America. We should be the light on the hill. We should be a beacon for peace following the Prince of Peace, whose author, Jesus Christ, is the author of our liberty. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are seriously, seriously in trouble. Um, The book, Decent Interval, is an insider's account of Saigon. 
and the indecent end is told by one of the CIA analysts, Frank Snap. Check out that book if you want an incredible expose. It's detailed and hard to read, but uh, it's really critical to understand who, what, where, how, you know, etc. And the sad part is, Doctor, we're repeating it every day almost in other lands. It is a shock. It, it, it is a shame, and it's got to stop. In fact, I probably ought to clarify a little bit more. When I told my kids as a time as a kid, when they they uh, things weren't worth a tinker's dam, they needed to understand what a tinker's dam was. And my comment at the end refers back to a statement that the Savior made back in John chapter eight. People might want to get this out, um, where you know uh, we as a nation claim as our founding fathers those great wise men that were there to begin with, and we do, we are not doing the works of our fathers. And and the it, it seems to the people in the times of the Savior that he accused them of being born of fornication, if you will, because they are not following their true father. And so read John chapter 8, verses 39 through 42. Uh, uh, they answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. I'm going to skip down a little. Uh, t two verses. Um well, let me do the one that fornication one. Uh, verse 41 says, You do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one God, one father, even God. And Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came of myself, but he that sent me. Okay, so... so what, what happens is that these people are at the head of the government today are claiming the heritage of a grand and glorious beginning of the founding fathers that were raised up by God to bring this nation forward. And what they have done is they have fouled it up royally. I could say it much more strongly than that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is they are not following the commandments of those fathers that gave them the freedom at such great cost as us. And so I think they, they do have uh, a, a heritage now that shows their their true genealogy, if you will. Uh, enough said, probably for a family. Yeah, program. but ladies and gentlemen, I'll <laughs> tell you this, though. We focus on the family. We focus on God, family, and country. And we believe that we can understand our real heritage, our godly heritage. We can understand our roots. Those of us can advocate for it. Those of us can uh, really do our very best to advocate for a return there, too. That is our duty. That is our obligation. That is our hope, our prayer, our efforts on a daily basis. It will be our efforts till the day we die to promote God, family, and country and our godly heritage based on the principles of agency, based on the principles of God, family, and country, based on the principles of life, liberty, and property. And we will use our real, honest, true heritage uh, to articulate that, to carry that out, and to do our very best to live that in our own personal lives and then teach others, share with others, to do the very same. To give an example of a point, <clears throat> there used to be bastions in America that you could count on that were liberty-loving organizations. Uh, like the Boy Scouts was a great example back in the day, and boy, howdy, have they spiraled down into oblivion and, 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 and irrelevance. But Loyola University is another one of them. In Chicago, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you know, but it has more than 17,000 students there. Despite its original Catholic heritage that normally holds to the sanctity of human life. Now this school has trashed their students' religious convictions. Believe it or not, if you don't get the shots by August 6th, you would be disenrolled and not even permitted 
on campus anymore. This is how hostile these churches, these faith-based organizations are going against the people's agency, ladies and gentlemen. Never mind um, the truth that they're not safe and effective, proven by your government, but this Loyola University, what a shame it is. Now, here's the deal. The students objected to the uh, vaccine mandates based on the fetal cell lines slash abortion connection. Understand, ladies and gentlemen, that since each of the three injections, that's Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J, were either produced or tested with aborted fetal cell lines. And J&J also, right now, has aborted fetal cell lines in the deployed shots. Okay, this is serious. And these students are saying, hey, we just can't go along with this. This goes against our pro-life stance. We cannot be using aborted fetal cells in these vaccines, and we cannot in good faith take these vaccines. The, stu- the university, Loyola, or, yeah, Loyola University, literally says don't care. Well, anyway, the battle was on. Uh, and this just shows how shameful it is. And before I give you the end of the story, doctor, comment on this one. Oh, I'm, I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's their lead-in. Well, obviously, um, the uh, the nation has lost its moorings in terms of uh, the sanctity of life. I mean, the idea that uh, by a black-robed decree that mothers can kill their babies in their uh, womb and then this idea of going forth to war, I mean, you say, oh, I'm pro-life, I'm against abortion. Well, what about sending them when they're 18 years old to kill other people in other countries they've never met without unjust purposes? We have immorality at every single level. And this idea, which I have heard uh, people try to justify themselves, oh, well, that, that those aborted fetal tissues happened a long time ago, and, and by golly, it's a good cause. We just ought to put it together. I got news for people. They are still today, even as we speak, harvesting babies' organs. And some of them are har- harvested in horrific man- manner from living children that are viable based upon what we've found, how we can save babies that are born early. This is horrific, and, and we are justifying the devil's work when we do this kind of stuff. And for the, the uh, I don't know if the Catholic Church still has a principal position in Loyola, but I look at other religious institutions that hold universities that are very, very much in favor of the jab in spite of the fetal tissue. It absolutely sickens me. And the fact that it was used, you know, the, the, the um, Ten Commandments, you know, they, I think they still haven't been rescinded. Sixth Commandment, thou shalt not kill. And you think about doing anything like unto that is got to be offensive to God. And I think of those religious leaders that cover their eyes and their ears and they they speak the lying words of, well, it's it's all for the good of us. We're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. And, uh, and they're insisting that their membership as well as other schools that they're involved in participate in this. It's appalling to me. And by the way, this is a good lead-in to something. This is going to spread, spread dramatically. I hope you've got a happy ending to this because I want to talk for a minute about a bill before the United States House of Representatives. Yep, we'll do that in that segment. The good news about this Loyola School thing is that Matt Staver uh, of Liberty Council, LC.org, and others got involved, and they rolled back the Loyola uh, abuse. 
uh, and now they're um, letting these students basically, as far as I understand, not only go on campus but attend school and everything else. Now, I'm not a little bit not sure why you'd want to go to school at a place like that anyway. Uh, after that abuse, I would basically not want to go to the school. So I appreciate the rollback. I appreciate Liberty Council's stand. And again, it just goes to show when good people stand up for righteous causes, wonderful things happen. So I appreciate and I'm glad about uh, this. But Sam, uh, did, did it go know, before a here. court? Did it go before a court or was no, it, it was going? Hold on. It was going to. But then the Loyola backed away before the court happened. Okay. They see, knew they were on shaky ground. That to me is tragic, though, in a way. I would like to see everybody get fried at every level they possibly can on this thing. And, and, yeah, because and what, what happens doing, otherwise, what happens otherwise is you end up with a scenario where they're just like, ah, no harm, no foul, let's do this next year or next week or on some other liberty issue, and eventually we'll have our way as creep continues and the people can't stand up to fight against everything. We've got to get some slam dunks is the point. That, that's absolutely right, and I would like to see this thing carried to the floor uh, the floor of the house has got one already right now. But uh, at any rate, we, we need to see that this this path we're on has no sound foundation. And those that are seeking to bring it about really, really are, I consider them to be diabolical in their own right. I mean, I am just appalled, shocked, and For chagrined. sure. We need to drone them out of the system to never come back and, uh, and abuse us again. Absolutely. And that's the problem. What we do is we win a case, and I'm grateful for it. Don't misunderstand the point. We're glad that, you know, Liberty Council stood up. We're glad these students have integrity. We're glad that this is highlighted in the news. But, for example, these fetal lines need to be discussed a whole lot more, too, in terms of the abortion and the all that's gone into the murder, the, the tissues the, that are in all these vaccines. I mean, that alone, in my opinion, grieves God for our pro-death agendas. We're going to try to stay alive on pro-death. Good luck with that plan. Why don't we turn to God Almighty? All right, quick pause. Dr. Bradley's got a, a very serious bill to discuss, and we hope it doesn't materialize or, you know, gain ground in our area or yours. Hang on. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of content on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Share the word. Spread the tale. Let everybody know about the hard-hitting talk available at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, Dr. Scott Bradley with me riding shotgun, FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website, and boy, how did we need a Freedoms Rising Sun, I'll tell you that right now. Son of Almighty God to be the helm, to be the uh, mainstay of our nation. But, oh, man, we have missed the mark, ladies and gentlemen. We look in all the wrong places. You hear the song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Oh, boy, howdy. Have we done that in spades, and we need to come back to our senses, to say the least. Dr. Bradley wants to warn us of a bill in Utah. Now, if you're not in no, Utah, don't fret. Oh, nope, nope. it's a national it's bill? It's in the United States. It's in the United oh, States no. Congress. Yes, sir. All right, a congressional bill coming your way that's disaster, doctor. Well, first of all, uh, before I mention this bill, uh, you have mentioned Freedom's Rising Sun a number of occasions on this, and I will just, uh, it came to my mind just last time you did, that if someone goes there now, they will find it eviscerated. Uh, I have been deplatformed and uh, just gutted. 1,400 videos have been pulled. Uh, deplatforming is a very, very diabolical form of, of censorship. And uh, the freedom of speech is at great risk in the United States today. And the uh, fascist way of doing it is having private industry uh, control the narrative that the government wants put, uh, put out there. So if you go there and look at it, you'll see that there's uh, 1,400 videos missing. But anyway, we're looking for another platforming methodology. We're not there yet. You know, earlier in the uh, uh, broadcast, I, I quoted uh, Gideon John Taylor, a judge out of New York in 1866, and wh when he said, No man's life, liberty, or property are safe while the legislature is in session. And that, of course, applies whether it's at a state level or at a national level. And so I, I mentioned this. Uh, it's not an, an you know eminent danger, but it shows where we're going with this thing. Um, this bill was was uh, uh, introduced in the House of Representatives, United States House of Representatives, ten days ago, sixth of of uh, August. It's HR four nine eight zero. I'll mention that a number of times here, but basically, its a purpose, and this is out of its stated purpose at the beginning of the bill, to direct the Secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that any Travel, individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID-19, comma, and for other purposes, period. So this is an all-inclusive, one-size-fits-all, you got to take the jab or you ain't going to travel. That means if you fly out of Salt Lake to go to Chicago, you got to have the jab, baby. You go anywhere, Kalispell, Montana, going or coming, whatever. You pick whatever you, airport you want. Departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States. This is all-encompassing a requirement that you get the jab. This is put forth by a representative out of New York. 
His name is Richie Torres, and it's gone, uh, been, like I say, introduced 10 days ago. It's currently in the House, in the Homeland Security uh, Committee, and uh, it does not have any sponsors at this point, and consequently, its, uh, it's chances of moving forward are slim at this point. But that's the reason, I, I mean, I often suggest that Americans need to understand they need to be a, a, aware. You can't just elect the bozos and buffoons that you put into office. And I'm going to say that almost without exception. There's, there's uh, probably a few exceptions out there that we could note, but they're so rare it's hard to point them out. But the point of the matter is that people go, oh, I did my civic duty. I went down and voted. Well, an ignorant vote is wor more worthless than a uh, than no vote at all, to tell you the truth, because your 50-50 chances of voting wrong if you voted and you didn't know what was going on. We must keep the people that are our trusted representatives in check. We've got to hold them accountable to their oath of office. We must follow and track what they're doing every day as they sit in that cush job we sent them to do in the House or the Senate. And this particular instance, this guy has overstepped his bout. You know, it's all encompassing. Think about what at Loyola. Oh, I guess I'm not going to go to that college because uh, they've got a, a vaccine responsibility. This is saying if you're going to live your life. Now, we could go in and we could spend a great deal of time reviewing what the American founding fathers understood was a free man's God-given rights, among which was the pre privilege, freedom, blessing, and just unalienable right to be able to travel at will and not be impeded. And and so here we're having, uh, they're, they're using, I'm confident, the Interstate Commerce Clause, which was to make commerce and trade regular, a free trade example in the United States. The entire United States became as prosperous as we did because the, it was to be a free trade zone for the entire nation. But they're using it now as a control thing. And, and what, what's happening now is diabolical, and we are going to lose this battle if Americans don't start paying attention, if Americans don't engage themselves. And, and I'm saying more and more now, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry, but I'm getting more and more concerned that a peaceful restoration, which is what we constantly pray for, will even be possible. We are so far down this pathway, and those that are precipitating this believe that they're on the front end of a curve that can't be stopped. There must be widespread resistance. In fact, it's got to be almost universal now to everything. I saw a thing here recently. It said uh, the Delta variant is the fool me twice part of it. You know, you've heard the, sale, the st saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Shame, fool me twice is the Delta variant. It's time that people say, we are not, we are not going to capitulate. We will not go back into hunkered up and bunkered down. This will never end. There will always be a Lambda, Delta, sorority or something. I don't know what the heck <laughs> that they're putting out there for all of these variants. There will never, you'll be called on constantly to take another jab. Let's take the booster shot. Let's get another variant going here. 
And honestly, let's lock folks, down. Let's deny liberty everywhere. Let's all on the altar of safety. You know, we want to make sure you can see your family into the future. Problem is, for the elderly, what happens is they lie, and you never get to see your family, and then you die. That's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I want to mention a little bit more about this bill. Look out for H.R. 4980 is what Dr. Bradley's saying. It's a bill put in the U.S. House of Representatives 10 days ago. No co-sponsors. Thank the heavens for that. But it says this, though. To direct the Secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that any individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And then it says, and for other purposes. Now, the end, uh, the four other purposes you can drive a truck through. I'll leave that alone this very second. But here's what I want to mention. This Homeland Security is the, now the operating arm that this guy wants to use, this whacked-out congressman wants to use to, to carry this ball. But again, we go right back to, again, the Republicans, right back to Joe Biden's current failure on Afghanistan and everything else. It's all wrapped up into this Homeland Security thing where it's adding insult to injury uh, with this. Without Homeland Security, you know, <clears throat> he wouldn't be able to pedal for this. But the Republicans push that. It's, again, it's two sides of the same bird of prey or two wings of the same bird of prey, as Pat Buchanan used to say, uh, that's at the helm of this, Doctor. This is <laughs> diabolical, and Homeland Security created by the Republicans is being used as the catalyst now for this. No question about it. This is a monster. This is a Gestapo. This is a brown shirts. I don't know what you want to call them. These are the jackbooted thugs. They could easily evolve into that. And the Founding Fathers, as I mentioned, in the the beginning of this uh, great republic, they all studied uh, Blackstone's commentaries on the laws of England. They were English citizens. They considered themselves free men. And in, uh, in original volume one, it talks about this idea of travel. It says, next to personal security, the law of England regards, asserts, and preserves the personal liberty of individuals. This personal liberty consists in the power of locomotion, of changing situation, or removing one's person to whatsoever place one's own inclination may direct. Okay, so Sam, you could go out, go down to the store if you want. You don't, you're not restrained. There's nothing that will that according to what free men are supposed to be able to do, and that's exactly what the Americans considered themselves when the king began to oppress them through his onerous acts. They pushed back. It became so entrenched in them that the things that they were willing to die for were far less onerous than what we're having imposed upon us today. Their taxes were far less, for crying out loud. We vote our taxes in, for crying out How stupid is that? We do things like we put people into office, like this Torres guy that wants to lock us down. We put people in governor and governor's mansions that want to, by mandate, say, Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord. Everything I say is the law of the land. That, we don't have monarchs. Limits and bounds are dictated by constitutions. Those that can create law are defined within constitutions. The limits and bounds of those laws are defined by constitutions. Governors never, and neither does presidents, have authority to create law. And where the legislature has authority to create law, those laws must be created within the limits and bounds of the constitution. This is why we must be alert. They, they say the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. It's been said a number of times we could talk about the origins of that, but it's true nevertheless. 
we must be eternally vigilant. And when things like this happen, go to congress.gov. Look regularly. That's what's being put on the plates of those people back there. And, and you know, when you talk about what, what you ladies just read, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business indeed. And it's something to where, you know what, we're going to have to start a amount of pushback. And, I, you know, I've always been very careful to say we want a restoration, not a revolution. And I still agree with that viewpoint. We want to be defensive in nature. But we need to be offensive when it comes to the protection of our lives, liberty, and property. We need to go on the offense when it becomes the promotion of God, family, and country. And uh, there's a big difference between a defensive effort when it comes to war or revolution and an offensive effort when it comes to peaceful restoration. We need to be defensive in war but offensive in our restoration of the liberties that we now, you know what, for our whole lives have felt like, hey, they're there. We kind of take them for granted. Now they're on the altar, every single one of them. The enemies of liberty are going for broke. They're using COVID as a weapon. They're using climate change as a weapon. And these weapons are being used to destroy your individual liberty and your family. And I'm telling you right now, we, the American people, need a amount of pushback like you've never seen before. And it starts with turning to God Almighty for guidance, getting on your knees and praying for forgiveness and opportunity and solution and inspiration, and then getting up and going to work, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we ask you to do. 20 seconds, doctor, the final word yours. Okay, pray and seek my face, going back to Second Chronicles, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I they hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I think that's the bottom line. Amen. God bless you. God bless all the work that you're doing. We pray that we can get Freedom's Rising Sun website back and find another platform. But ladies and gentlemen, they're making it hard for us, but we're going to keep up the fight every single day to the best of our ability to promote God, family, and country. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>